folding pocket. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Welcome back to The Fast and the Curious with me, Betty Glover, Christian Hugill, Greg James, except there's no Greg today. He can't be with us. We do have a special guest later, though. George Russell is joining us on the podcast. But for the first few minutes, it's just me and you, Christian, and I've missed you, mate. I never thought I'd say I miss talking to Betty Glover, but I do. I've missed you. We've had a little break and I've missed you. And I must say, I feel like we're on the kind of same sort of wavelength today because we're matching. Oh, my God. Right, so me and Betty have both got... Oh, that was camp, wasn't it? Me and Betty have both got... So I've got like a floral t-shirt on. Betty's got a floral blouse on. And we've even both got the same same style necklace on with like a chain and a little circular pendant. We, we spent so much time together that we formed into the same person. An unbreakable bond. Also, uh, Betty's not got a makeup on and actually put her in, in the little Fast and Curious WhatsApp group. Like, guys, please be aware I won't have my makeup on. So... Uh, Betty, if she sounds more naked than usual, that's why. Christian, sorry. Can we just talk about your response <laughs> to what I said? Because that wasn't very nice, <laughs> was it? I said that it's not fair on me and I'll drive a co-host. It was a joke. You're beautiful in every single way. Words can't bring you down. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, right, let's move on. Should we actually start the podcast? <laughs> sorry. So it's been a bit of a weird time in the season, hasn't it? I feel like we've had so much time away. When was the last race? I can't even tell you what the last race was or when it was. Uh, The last race was a couple of weeks ago. It was the Australian Grand Prix. And the next race is Baku, Azerbaijan. Lots of people asking in the DMs and on email why there is this break. There is the break because there was supposed to be the Chinese Grand Prix in the middle of the two. But unfortunately, uh, that was postponed because of COVID concerns, which has given us a big sort of break there is a, an actual break in the season in August but this is an earlier break than was scheduled so um, the drivers have been making the most of it I bet you, I want to know how much you've seen Alex Albon's been snorkeling and looks like he's having a great time yeah and I saw a picture that he posted of him and his girlfriend who's a professional golfer they've been playing golf Aww. but the one that really caught my eye I'm not gonna lie is of course Sir Lewis Hamilton in a nightclub I have a lot to say on this I thought go on Lewis do you know what I mean like yes Right, right. I'm so glad you brought this up. If I am 31, if I took my top off in a nightclub, people would think I was having some sort of nervous breakdown. They'd be like, are you okay? (laughs) But Lewis is 38 and just rocked being topless in a nightclub, which is, I mean, we knew he was cooler than me, didn't we? But this is, this has proven it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I also love the fact that he's 38 and he's still going out nightclubbing because I am, what am I, 28 and I act like a 90-year-old granny sat at home with mm. my tea at 8pm at night. Producer Jimmy has just told us that that nightclub happens to be Coachella. What's, what's a Coachella? What do you mean, what's Coachella? Christian, for God's sake. Coachella is a festival, but that shows how out of touch we are because we thought Lewis Hamilton was in a nightclub. Oh, um... I've also spotted George Russell and Lando Norris have been at the tennis. Uh, did you see which tennis? I didn't. Yeah, I did. It was the um, oh, Monte Carlo. Oh, no wonder. It's just practically on the doorstep, isn't it? But Lando had a cracking pink shirt on. He scrubs up well, does Lando Norris. Yeah, he does scrub up. They, they, they both look good. They all look good. What about Oscar Piastri? Because I feel like he's the only one that's actually been working hard. Well, if you missed our last episode before the break, we spoke to Oscar Piastri just after the back of the Australian Grand Prix. And he said he was 
off to a training camp a bit hot. So I feel like they've all been having fun and Oscar's been training. But uh, poor Oscar, if we if he has a storming Baku Grand Prix and the others are all hung over because they've been at that Coachella nightclub and playing tennis, <laughs> we'll know why. Uh-huh. Christian, you've been having some time off away from the podcast, but our listeners haven't because they've messaged in so many bloody questions that I feel like we should just start whittling through. Yeah, and a reminder of how you can get in touch, uh, email fastandcurious at acast.com. On Instagram, we are fastcuriouspod. And on TikTok, <laughs> TikTok, give us strength. <laughs> Jimmy, keep that in. And on TikTok, we are the fast and the curious Pods. Let's start with Neil. He sent us a cheeky email. He said, I'm new to F1 and the race pattern is confusing me. Is there always this break or does the scheduling change every year? Is there a reason for it being broken up like this? Seems a bit odd to have three weeks off so near the start of the season. I answered part of this earlier. So Neil, you'll have heard me say at the start of the podcast, it's because of the Chinese Grand Prix. Uh, The schedule does change a bit every year. And there are complications around circuit availability and things like that. So sometimes it's why there might be a a double or a triple header. We're about to go into something like nine races in 11 weeks. So it seems more packed together this year than normal. For example, Silverstone is always around July because the weather's nicer in this country. Australia is always around March because that's hot but not too hot. There might be reasons why it needs to change, but that's why we've got the big gap this year. Looking long term, I've said this on a previous podcast, what Formula One would like to do to be more environmentally friendly is have a bit of a um, a more sort of regionalised calendar that would take a long term thing. Because also certain races have contracts that say they have to be a certain point of the year. So that pretty much explains that. Nicely done. Um, Sophie also sent us an email saying, will the teams be making changes in this gap or will it kind of be business as usual with Red Bull just dominating. Well, Mercedes say they will be upgrading the car a lot over the next few races. Aston Martin, Alpine and McLaren are hoping to have upgrades ready for Baku the next race. Ferrari say they will be after Baku. So we're guessing probably Miami, which is after Baku. I have to say Aston Martin's the one that interests me the most. One of the surprises of the season, one of the stories of the season with Fernando being on the podium so often so far, they've made such a massive leap. Last year, they came seventh in the Constructors Championships. But new for this season is F1's sliding scale of aerodynamic testing. F1 teams have wind tunnels or they have access to wind tunnels to work on their aerodynamics, basically working out how to make the car cut through the air the best. Now, this season, the sliding scale has been brought in. Williams get the most aero testing time as they finished last, 10th in last year's Constructors' Championship. Aston finished down in 7th. Now, given their rivals this season, Red Bull finished first, Ferrari second, Mercedes third last year, it means Aston Martin will get lots more aero testing time. It underlines what a brilliant job they've done. So listen, realistically, Red Bull will still be quickest in Baku. By the time we get to mid-season, it is possible that Aston, Ferrari and Mercedes will have closed the gap. I would suggest Aston are probably the favourites to close the gap because they've got so much more aero testing time. But listen, Red Bull's advantage is big. It will be tough. But hopefully that gap will close. Let's move on to this week's main event then. The big one, the thing that we know everybody has been waiting for. George Russell, our co-host. We're going to speak to him in a sec. We've had loads of questions coming in for him as well. Last time we spoke to him, Christian, it was his birthday, uh, wasn't it? And we were all at Silverstone before Rachel seeing it had even started. 
Uh, yeah, and it's been a tricky old start for Mercedes. They wanted to be much closer to the Red Bulls than they are. They make no bones about that. George finished seventh in Bahrain, fourth in Saudi Arabia, which was almost third, while... The FIA are making their mind up. ...over a Fernando Alonso penalty. Listen back to our post-Australian Grand Prix review if you were wondering who on earth that strange man singing is. Uh, and sadly, a DNF in Australia. Plenty to talk to Mr. George Russell about. He joined me and Betty Glover for a chat. As you christened yourself last time, Curious George, welcome back to the Fast of the Curious. Thank you. Hey George, thanks so much for joining us. Glad to be back. It's lovely to have you back. And How's your little break been? You've been you've been catching up with tennis players, we see. Yeah, it's been. Um, I mean, strange to have this small break so early in the season. Um, I guess one of which, for us as a team, we're not going to be too disappointed about because it gives us a bit more chance to catch up without losing too many additional points to to our rivals. I've spent some good time with with my engineers. Um, been driving a couple of race cars recently to keep my eye in, been to the tennis, caught up with Djokovic, who I've never met before, and he was a, a really nice guy. I actually saw a video of you talking to Novak Djokovic, and like it was really interesting listening because you were like, you were like asking him questions about how kind of training is, and obviously when you play in tennis tournaments like Monte Carlo, for example, you can end up waiting all day for your match, and you were like, how do you cope with the fact that you've got to wait all day and you don't know when you're meant to start? Like, how does that affect your preparation? Did he say anything interesting to you? Yeah, I think it's always good to to talk with these people in different um, with, with different backgrounds, different sports. You know, we all live challenging lifestyles when you're trying to operate on the highest level and trying to understand how a great deals with such a thing. You know, for us F1 drivers, you know, your race is at three o'clock on a Sunday, uh, nine times out of ten, and it's pretty pretty straightforward. Whereas in in tennis, especially in the early rounds, as you said, you could be waiting one, two, three hours longer than you you expected. So um, we're just having chats about how we deal with the travel. And likewise, for them, I didn't realise, but a number of players have gone straight to, I think we're in Barcelona, you know, straight on the Monday morning, the Barcelona, um, I think it's ATP 500, started again, you know, the following day after after the final of the, the Monte Carlo Masters. So those guys... They're on the road as, as much as we are, really. George, at least your uh, teammate has been getting topless photos at Coachella. So there we go. That's that's great prep. And George said at Silverstone, didn't he? George said when we were giving you stick, George, about... Well, Alex Albon was giving you stick, really, about the topless photos. George said, I actually think my teammate does it more than me. And I don't... Have I seen... I think I might have seen a George topless photo this year, but uh, wasn't the one in... I don't think there's been any intentional... Australia or... Yeah, pre-Australia. I, I often wear an ice vest underneath my uh, my race suit before I, I jump in the car. So I obviously have to undo my suit and take... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mercedes may have sneakily posted one without uh, me realising after. I can imagine you just Are slipping you... the photographer a fiver being like... They're the ones chasing me for them. They know it's the money shot. <laughs> On our last episode... We had a certain Oscar Piastri. Okay. Now, we also told Oscar that you were on our next episode. Uh, and we didn't prepare George for this. But Oscar said 
there is something interesting about the way you two first met. Do you know what he means? You're smiling, suggesting you do. I mean, I don't really know how much he he gave away on the previous... Well, you give away as much as you're comfortable giving away. Yeah, well, I mean, it was... um... I mean, this is the second time this is this has happened to me. So it's um, seems to be following me. The first time was with Ross Braun. Yeah, the first time I met Oscar Piastri was in twenty twenty, I believe it was. We were both on the direct flight from London to Perth. I was on the way to the Australian Grand Prix. He was on the way also to the Grand Prix as, I guess, a junior driver at the time. And we just bumped into each other in the toilets when we landed in Perth. <laughs> because there was there was a, a specific place to wait. But all the passengers, for security reasons, you have to jump off the plane, wait in a dedicated zone, and then jump back on the plane an hour or two after once they'd refueled. So we just bumped into each other in the, the toilets. I think I said, you're Oscar Piastri, right? He's like, yeah. Nice to meet you. Uh, had a bit of a chat. Were you both going for a wee next to each yeah, other? Yeah, it was. I don't think we were lined up <laughs> directly alongside one another, but I think, yeah, I think we ended up like washing our hands uh, next to each other uh, at the sink. So, and Ross Braun is one of the former big bosses of Formula One, and also former big boss of Ferrari, and former big boss of Braun GP that Jensen Button won the championship with. And you and you met him in the lose as well. Yeah, I mean, the first time I ever met Ross as well was. Not that I uh, got had the courage to introduce myself as an 11-year-old boy, uh, but the first time <laughs> I was sort of starstruck was at the Autosport Awards, um, November, December 2009, obviously the year that Ross had won the championship with, with Braun GP. And um, yeah, we was at the urinals together. So um, yeah, this... Maybe another 10 years down the line, I'll, I'll bump into somebody else uh, at the toilet. This is your thing, George, that you just managed to just meet everyone in toilets. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it happens often now, let's say, um, after being a Formula One driver and semi well known, I do often get people talk to me while I'm trying to do my thing in the oh, toilet. Oh, no, we don't want that. The stage fright has disappeared and I just power through. Come what may. I'll say it on behalf of you, George, because George is such a nice, polite man. If you are a George Russell fan, but you see him in the lose, just leave him alone. Okay, just just wait until he's outside at the very least. He'll say hello outside, I'm sure. I've actually can... been asked for a photograph inside the bathroom. No. No, no. I've had to ask him to direct the camera away from the urinal because that's just obviously not a very nice background. Oh, no. Um but yeah, it happens, it happens. Imagine having the balls to go up to someone who is going for a wee and saying, can I have a selfie? That's ridiculous. Unfortunate turn of phrase with having the balls, but fine. Yeah, sorry. I actually, there was a, a very polite gentleman yesterday who um, saw me training. So I was doing some intervals, running up a set of stairs. It was a relatively quiet place. And we were doing, I think it was some 14 reps of running all the way to the top of the stairs which was about 30 seconds long walking down which took I don't know a minute or so on on about my third rep he recognized me he stopped and as I walked down I didn't really make eye contact but I could sort of sense he wanted to stop to say hello or ask for a photograph and it was about four or five reps afterwards he sort of interrupted say 
hi George I don't want to bother you during your workout but how many more reps are you doing because I like to have a chat so he waited 20 odd minutes uh, until I'd finished my workout so that was you know that was another extreme but that was also that was also quite nice that's nice that's better okay (laughs) should we move on from talking about the weird places that you meet people George and talk through some of our listener questions so we get loads of listeners messaging in all sorts of questions and quite a few have got questions specifically for you haven't they Christian loads so forgive us if we haven't got to your question but god there has been so many the first one is from Zoe I like this question please ask George what happened with Formula One's opening theme song titles did he pre-plan his epic pose did it just come to him in the moment Or did F1 ask him, I must know what happened here? Like, did he think about it for weeks beforehand or what? So for those that don't know, F1 has its opening titles every race. It features all the drivers. And George, what are you doing in this year's opening titles? Well, to give some context on these these days, we'll go to a studio doing all sorts of different poses. Look down, look up, cross your arms hands on hips, look away from the camera, then look into, you know, doing all sorts of things. After doing a couple of my poses, you know, the standard stuff, arms crossed, hands on hips, the videographer needed 30 seconds to reset. I was pretty tired. So I actually just put my hands on either side of the LED boards to sort of rest and just chill out. Just put my head, hung my head down. I was a bit tired, been a long day. And then the guy was like, yeah, I like that. Do that again. I didn't know this. So I did this just two or three times. Just I was literally just resting there, looking down. The camera came in. I looked up and I'm like, yeah, we like this. So um, it wasn't pre-planned. It wasn't even a pose. It was just me taking a breather. And that's what they used. And that's what they used. And are you happy they've used it? Because it's got a lot of attention. Yeah, I mean, I'm mixed feelings, mixed feelings. <laughs> I think that it's kind of also a bit of a lesson that sometimes in life, the best things come from not even trying. I think sometimes the more you chase something, the the harder it potentially is to achieve. So yeah, just take a breather. That's a nice deep quote there, George. That's a life yeah. lesson for us all. Life lessons with George Russell. I'm running the marathon on Sunday and I'm just going to have that in my head as I run round. I'm going to be like, remember what George yeah. said? Less is more. Yeah, I'm not too sure it works in that context, uh, but maybe. I'm trying to make it work, you know, George. Have you ever run a marathon, by the way? No, I mean, to be honest, the furthest I've ever ran is I think about 11k. Um, I used to hate running. Then I got into a lot of cycling. But then after Fernando having his cycling incident about two, three years ago, and then Lance having another incident, I sort of felt like I need to plant my bike on the side now and maybe need to pursue something else. So I'm getting into running. I enjoy it. I actually injured myself during lockdown trying to set a PB 5K for myself so that was that sort of set me back quite a long time and didn't run for a couple of years but I'm slowly getting back into it I don't run a marathon it's just why would you bother <laughs> it takes too long to be fair Rachel has messaged us in saying she's very keen to find out what George's favorite coastal Norfolk town is because you're obviously from Norfolk right This is one of my favourite listener questions ever, by the way. It's so niche. Well done, Rachel. This is fantastic. Well, I mean, I didn't really go to that many 
coastal towns. We always went back to Hunstanton when I was growing up. I've got some very close family friends still living in Hunstanton. I haven't been back in a long time, but yeah, Hunstanton was where we'd always end up going. Producer Jimmy, get onto the Hunstanton tourism board and we'll see if they want to uh, sponsor this episode of the podcast. It could work very well. Um, three quick fire questions from Sarah Merritt. So you ready for three quick fire, George? Go for it. Right. Favourite naughty treat to eat when you're allowed to? Uh, probably a burger. Oh, don't we, we do a lot of burgers on this podcast with Logan Sargent. That's a, that's for another day. Uh, <laughs> I love the simplicity of this one. Who's your favourite, Lando Norris or Alex Albon? <laughs> um, I'm going to I'll have to go with Alex. <laughs> go on, why? I mean, I like Lando. I like Lando. But um, I, I spent a year basically living with Alex. I used to always go around, around his house. His mum used to cook us dinner. That would probably be three, four, five times a week over the course of a year so so you've um, met all of his cats then all of his 13 cats or whatever it i'm is. sure he didn't have 13 when i was so this was back in 2017 i want to say you're right we had him on a previous episode the cats came later even while he was racing in formula one in your debut season in 2019 cats started arriving so you're right they're a new thing they, they definitely had a lot they still had a lot of pets then at least four or five pets but not not 13. If you want an explanation as to why Alex has those uh, pets, he's on a previous episode. Scroll back. Uh, and the final one, um, Greg James, our other co-host, who you met at Silverstone, can't be here today, but he does a truly horrendous Toto Wolf impression. Now, bear in mind, I'm not asking you to do it because I don't want you to get fired. So, but the question is, can you do a Toto impression? Have you ever done a Toto impression? Unfortunately... Um, or fortunately, I don't know, singing, acting, impersonating is probably right at the bottom of my talents. May have tried once, uh, maybe over the off season being a little bit tipsy, perhaps, but um, no, impersonations. I'd love to do it. I'd love to be able to impersonate uh, or do impersonations, but Unfortunately not. George, what would we have to do to get you to give it a go? Climb with drinks by the sounds of it. <laughs> I, ju- I just can't do it. I just I just can't. Um, yeah, it's pretty pretty bad. I mean, I don't really care. I just roll with it now, especially in, yeah, good for you. if I'm in a public space and there's more people around and there's a few cameras around, I would zip my mouth right shut uh, in that instance. But yeah, I don't really care anymore. I, I bet me and Christian could give you a run for your money easily. about bad singing. We easily. are absolutely terrible. So Yeah, easily. And also, you're a ridiculously good racing driver, so you're allowed to not be good at a few things. It, it's good. And and it is tradition to end on a Formula One question on this podcast. I mean, you'd think with it being a Formula One podcast, we'd do more than one, but such is, such is the way it's, it's sort of worked. We know Mercedes aren't where you guys want to be in terms of battling. We're not even going to hide that. You guys want to be up battling with the Red Bulls. But for you personally, George, your teammate sets quite a high bar, doesn't he? And your pace has been right up there this season. So you must be able to take some solace from your pace this season and, and, and the way you've performed. Yeah, I think it's been a positive start to the season in the sense of, I feel like we couldn't have really achieved more or got more out of our car in terms of performance every single race weekend, to be honest. I think we had a really strong qualifying in Bahrain, an even better one in Saudi, an even stronger one again in Melbourne. 
and obviously very unfortunate about the the failure we had. You know, it's that's part of racing. We had extremely good reliability last year, and I take satisfaction in in the work that we have done as as a team to to get the most out of it. Of course, you want to be winning, and you know, I'm not going to be truly 100 percent um, happy until we're standing on that top step of a podium as often as possible. But you know, you can't sit there and sulk about the car being not as quick as you want. You just got to get on with it. And as a driver, your job is to drive that thing, no matter how quick it is, you've got to drive it as fast as you can. So um, that's what I'm trying to do. George, listen, go well in Baku. We have absolutely loved having you on again. Thanks so much. And we'll catch up with you a bit later in the season. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you so much. Cheers. Have a good day. Thanks, mate. You too. Speak to you soon. And there he goes. Curious George is off to go and be curious about the world. Um, I'm just going to go and hang out in toilet cubicles. Pardon? I'm just going to go and hang out in, in, in toilets and <laughs> hope that I come across George Russell one day. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, that was George Russell. Uh, we will be back next week. Um, we will talk and preview the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. We'll do a little bit more chat about what we can expect from this sort of part two of the Formula One season. And we've got something a little bit different. We have had so many messages asking us to explain what F1 Academy is. So that's exactly what we're going to do. We're looking ahead to the new F1 Academy season getting underway with our special guest driver co-host, the British driver, Chloe Grant. But if people want to get in touch before then, Betty Glover, to ask us questions or to tell us what they think of the episode or to say they've spotted George Russell or even Betty Glover in a toilet, how can they do that? So you can email us on fastandcurious at acast.com. You can catch us on Insta as well at fastcuriouspod. And also we're on TikTok and that's the Fast and the Curious podcast. So please get in touch. Let us know what you're thinking of the podcast episode so far and ask us lots of questions. We look forward to seeing you next week. Well, I'll be back. Betty will be back. Greg James will be back. See you then. Have a lovely week. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.